0: Thank you for watching NTD Business. Coming up tonight, the Fed raises rates by another half a percentage point today in an effort to fight inflation. Markets dropped on the news. We have expert insight. Hedge fund billionaire Ken Griffin is suing the IRS, saying it leaked his tax returns, the tax returns of America's 25 richest people, of which he is one of them. The others include the likes of Warren Buffett and Elon Musk. And Republican-led states calling on Apple and Google to stop labeling TikTok safe for teens. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. (music) Great to have you with us. Don Ma here. And today, all eyes on the Fed. As expected, the Federal Reserve raised interest rates by half a percentage point today. It also hinted there will be at least another 75 basis points more to come in 2023. Here's Fed Chair Jerome Powell earlier this afternoon.
1: We continue to anticipate that ongoing increases will be appropriate in order to attain a stance of monetary policy that is sufficiently restrictive to return inflation to two percent over time
0: this last rate hike brings interest rates to the highest level since late 2007. still chair powell warned that there is still a long way to go in the fight against inflation he breaks down inflation down to three buckets first one is goods consumers buy He says prices there are coming down as supply chain snags unwind and demand slows down. The second piece is housing, and we're seeing rents coming down there as well. The third bucket is prices related to services, which is closely tied to the price of labor. He says despite the slowdown in growth, the labor market remains extremely tight.
1: You know, we do see a very, very strong labor market one where we haven't seen much softening where job growth is very high where wages are very high vacancies are, are quite elevated and really there's an imbalance in the labor market between supply and demand
0: powell also said that it's too soon to talk about cutting interest rates and ruled out any changes to the fed's two percent inflation target and on wall street stocks ended lower after the fed raised rates and signaled more to come The Dow fell 142 points or 4 tenths of a percent. S&P lost 24 points or 6 tenths of a percent. The Nasdaq dropped 86 points or 8 tenths of a percent. And earlier I spoke to Tavi Costa about the rate increase and the market reaction. He's a portfolio manager at global asset management firm Crescat Capital. Thanks for coming on now, Tavi. So I want to ask you, we got a 50 basis point hike today from the Fed, bringing the benchmark rate to about... Uh, four and a quarter to four and a half. So, and in light of that, the the stock exchange, the major indexes all went negative. So, first off, I want I want I want you to tell me what is the reaction here?
2: Well, this was highly expected by the market, so it's sort of uh, we're acting on the on the on the news now. But it's it's. I think, in my opinion, uh, the market is really reacting in terms of not really the speed of the rate hikes really the fact that it's going to be we're not really gonna see rate cuts or any signaling of, of anything like that anytime soon. Um, I think it's one thing to raise rates from you know zero to four percent. The other thing is when you get to that four to six percent range where you really start to see some issues uh, regarding uh, especially uh, debt indebted companies, when you start seeing some frauds and problems uh, begin to appear and the whole phrase, of Warren Buffett of of seeing people that are swimming naked right now in the markets and that four to six percent is kind of the range where we are. We just got into that now at four and a half percent of of the upper range of the of this of the Fed funds rate. So this is a very important uh, part of the market. Is on top of the yield curving version issue that we have, which to me is one of the most um, reliable macro indicators to consider. When investing, especially at a time when you have, uh, you know, 70% of inversions in the Treasury curve, which clearly is telling you uh, that we're going to get into a steep recession here, and so I think there's more downside to the market. Uh, that's my opinion. Some folks are calling this the bottom. If this is the bottom for the market or any time close to the bottom, that would be the most expensive bottom we've seen in history. So. It is not my view that we're anywhere close to that. So I think there's more downside to go in equity markets, risky assets, and that's really the positioning that we have currently in our portfolio.
0: And, and on that point, from the dot plot that the Fed released today, we, we can probably expect another 75 basis point increase uh, probably next year. Do you think this is right, the right decision based on what you said just now?
2: Well, I, I think they're going to go there regardless, but it's, it's uh, you know, as far as being right or wrong, we can use history as, as a guide here. So, back in early or late 60s and, and early 70s, we had a, the beginning of an inflation problem, which is kind of similar to now. The entire time, Fed funds rate were higher than, uh, than where inflation rates were on a year-over-year basis. And so, today, as an example, First of all, we went through almost a decade of negative real rates coming into this. This was very different than what we saw back in the 60s. So we we, we had a discipline at that time, monetary discipline as a whole, especially from policymakers compared to today. Today we have one of the lowest uh, real rates uh, that we've had in history, despite the fact that it's been actually moving higher recently with the Fed funds rate moving higher as in uh, uh in tandem with inflation rates decelerating. So um you know we're still about three hundred percentage uh or three hundred basis points uh below inflation rates right now in terms of the Fed funds rate. So you know it is a very accommodative policy uh when you look at with those lenses. But uh, when you have an economy that is, is suffering uh the way it is uh is starting to I don't I don't think necessarily Uh, We have seen the the, the steeper part of the problem just yet, but I think we will. Uh, You look at commercial loans and industrial loans, they're they're surging right now. Uh, We know that that's happening with the consumer because the consumer is getting squeezed by multiple fronts. And so that is all yet to translate into uh, a real contraction in the economy, uh, which is going to make the job uh, of the Federal Reserve a lot harder.
0: All right. Thank you very much for your insight today, Tavi Costa, Crescat Capital. Pleasure speaking to you. Thanks for having me. And as the Fed keeps raising interest rates, it's becoming harder and harder for Americans to borrow money and pay it back. A new report from TransUnion predicts consumers will fall behind on their personal loan and credit card payments next year at the highest rates since 2010. TransUnion is a major consumer credit rating agency. It sees loan delinquencies rising across the board next year, from credit card to debt to car loans to personal loans. Consumers loaded up on credit this year, including a record 87.5 million new credit cards. But next year, TransUnion says lenders will apply much tougher standards, and as a result, fewer loans will be approved. For example, it expects the number of home mortgages issued to be cut in half compared to 2021. And besides higher rates, TransUnion says consumers will face, quote, stubbornly high inflation combined with recession fears. Not a pretty picture for sure, but still more than half of Americans' polls say they're optimistic about their finances next year. The youngest generations are the most confident. And some members of Congress who accepted donations from indicted FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried are now returning the money. Members like incoming House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries will turn over the money they received to charities. Jeffries received $5,800 from Bankman-Fried last year. He was one of dozens of lawmakers who received donations from the FTX founder. Sam Bankman-Fried reportedly donated $40 million to candidates competing in the midterm election. Federal prosecutors announced Tuesday they've charged Bankman fried with a number of crimes including wire fraud, conspiracy, and campaign finance violations. Prosecutors allege that Bankman Freed made donations to campaigns under other people's names. This allowed him to illegally donate far above the $25,000 set by Union U.S. campaign finance laws. And authorities arrested Bankman Freed in the Bahamas Monday. He was denied bail. Bahamas authorities said the United States would likely request his extradition, and they intend to quickly process it. Bankman Freed faces a maximum sentence of 115 years in prison if convicted on all eight counts. And hedge fund billionaire Ken Griffin is suing the IRS, saying it leaked his tax returns. The tax returns are for America's 25 richest people. Griffin is one of them. Others include the likes of Warren Buffett and Elon Musk. In the lawsuit, Ken Griffin says when he paid his taxes, he believed the IRS would safeguard and protect his private information. But that private information somehow got into the hands of news organization ProPublica. ProPublica then published a series of stories on it. If Griffins' lawsuit is successful, the court could reward him $1,000. Not a lot, for sure, for a billionaire. But we spoke to Gil Rothenberg, the former head of the appellate section of the Justice Department's tax division. He says Griffin could actually potentially get much more than that.
3: The minimum amount is what's known as statutory damages, which is $1,000. But if someone whose tax return has been improperly uh, publicized, that person also has the right to prove actual damages. And if you prove actual damages that exceed... $1,000, you can recover that if you're successful. Uh, In addition, uh, in certain instances, you can recover punitive damages. Um, And again, even more uh, significantly, you can recover attorney's fees.
0: And we also spoke to Dan Geltrude. He works closely with the IRS. He's also the founder of accounting firm Geltrude & Company. He suggests that the lawsuit is not about money. This is
1: about someone who's rich and powerful, taking on perhaps the most powerful arm of the federal government, the IRS, and proving them wrong, negligent,
0: whatever the case, so that he wins the battle of this was wrong and not just billionaires
1: need to be protected, but all taxpayers across the board have
2: the right to privacy.
0: The IRS Inspector General and the Justice Department say they're seriously investigating the matter. But ProPublica published the information over a year and a half ago. So essentially, they've been investigating for a year and a half, but they still virtually have found nothing. Even Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says she's anxious to see the results, and IRS Commissioner Charles Rettig has expressed frustration over the slow pace. Former IRS agent Michael Sullivan believes something isn't right about this. He feels there could be more behind this lack of results. It shouldn't be
3: too difficult to find out who discloses. What's really surprising to me, it's taken over a year. They don't seem to have any leads. It sounds to me like this is pure suppression at its finest.
0: Sullivan speculates that a politically motivated person outside the IRS must have successfully retrieved the information from someone inside the IRS.
3: Most people who work for the IRS knows what they can do and they know what they can't and they should know they're gonna be caught. So just for fear of losing their job, fear of exposure, uh, 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 fear of national disgrace, that's something you stay away from. You stay way away from that because you know at some point it's gonna be exposed.
0: We reached out to both the IRS and ProPublica, but neither responded before airtime. And moving on, the Securities and, Ex- and Exchange Commission alleges that a group of social media influencers misled their followers in a stock price manipulation scheme. NTD's Char Marshall has more.
3: U.S. prosecutors on Wednesday said they've charged the founders of Atlas Trading in a securities fraud scheme, alleging they reaped about $114 million by using their social media influence on Twitter and Discord to manipulate stocks. Edward Constantin, or Mr. Zach Morris on Twitter, and Perry Matlock, PJ Matlock on Twitter, are said to have conspired with several other individuals in a three-year-long so-called pump and dump scheme by hyping particular stocks so their followers with the intent to dump them once prices had risen. The SEC alleges the group promoted themselves as stock-picking gurus to their legions of followers on Twitter and Discord. Outlining its case, the SEC details specific instances in which the defendants allegedly advised people to buy or hold shares while they were simultaneously selling the same shares. The court documents showed pictures of their expensive sports cars that were used as motivation to their following. According to the SEC complaint, the defendants sometimes discussed their scheme over Discord voice chats that they believed were private, but were actually being recorded, for example. On March 1, 2021, Daniel Knight and Thomas Cooperman, along with others, allegedly discussed the group's manipulation of the securities. The court document included this statement from one of their conversations Get caught? We're robbing of their money. Both NBC and CNET report that the defendants didn't immediately respond to requests for comment. Sean Marshall, NTD News.
0: Republican attorneys general from more than 12 states are calling on Apple and Google to stop labeling TikTok as teen-appropriate in their app stores. Montana's AG is leading the coalition that says TikTok has a lot of controversial content. This involves drugs, alcohol, sexual content, and eating disorder content. In a statement, the Attorney General called on Apple and Google to revise their rating for TikTok in order to keep some material away from the younger audience. Attorneys General from other states include Alabama, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, and Virginia. So far, though, there's been no comment from Apple, Google, or TikTok. The governor of South Dakota wants to restrict hostile foreign countries from buying farmland in her state. Christy Nome is concerned mainly about communist China. Yesterday, she proposed new legislation to prevent China from buying up her state's farmland. The total value of Chinese owned American farmland has jumped over 20 fold in the past 10 years. Worries are that this could hurt America's food security and as well national security. Today, Nome's office said she and state lawmakers plan to create a new board. It's going to review proposed farmland purchases by foreign entities. The board will include two experts in agriculture and national security. They'll recommend either approving or denying land sales. And moving to Europe. Europe's biggest bank, HSBC, today said it will no longer finance new oil and gas fields as part of its updated climate strategy. Climate campaigners welcomed the news, saying HSBC provided a new baseline for other major banks. Its new policy is now more aggressive than Wall Street banks. Big firms like JP Morgan have argued that ending new investment in oil and gas would upset the global economy, and not everyone agrees about climate change either. Some experts say, though it's a problem, but it's not an emergency. Others question whether humans are causing temperature changes or if it's beyond our control. HSBC said it would provide still Financing to existing fossil fuel projects in line with current and future declining global oil and gas demand. We're going to take a short break now, but if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at ntd.com. Still to come, holiday shipping deadlines right around the corner. We have insider tips for smooth delivery. And the Library of Congress adding 25 more movies to the National Film Registry. Which ones made the cut? That Amora coming up on NTD business. And welcome back. A warning ahead of the busy holiday travel season. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration is sounding the alarm on driving under the influence. In a study, it found that more than half of the people injured or killed in traffic crashes had drugs or alcohol in their bloodstreams. The study also found that 54% of injured drivers had drugs in their systems. Marijuana was the most prevalent drug, followed by alcohol. The study's authors say the results are concerning. Nearly 20% of the drivers tested had blood alcohol levels, Above the legal limit in every state, almost 20% of those on the road had two or more drugs in their systems. More than half of injured pedestrians and just over 43% of injured cyclists also had drugs in their bloodstreams. And major shipping deadlines for holiday delivery are just days away. And holiday volume and winter weather will put the big carriers to the test. If you're sending gifts across the country or to service members stationed abroad, key details about when and how to send packages can make a big difference here. Here's some tips from major shippers.
1: This guy handles his own last minute shipping. The rest of us have deadlines. The longer you wait, the more limited your choice of shipping becomes. For delivery by December 25th, the United States Postal Service says the recommended deadline for ground service packages and first-class mail, like greeting cards, is Saturday, December 17th. Priority mail, Monday, December 19th. Everybody wants to get those holiday greetings and gifts in the mail. So be patient with the retail clerks. Be patient with your carrier. Spokesperson Kim from says the Postal Service YouTube channel has how to videos on topics like properly packing a box and addressing a package to a military service member. She also says if you're planning to wrap the outside of your shipping boxes in brown paper or anything else, don't. No brown paper packages no tied up with string. Do not do that because you could run the risk of things getting caught in the machinery. UPS used a streamlined digital process to hire for 100,000 seasonal openings.
3: This is our Super Bowl and we are excited. For
1: UPS, the last day to ship second day air is Wednesday, December 21st. Next day air Thursday, the 22nd. Darren Jones of UPS says their operations are ready for whatever Mother Nature brings.
3: The good news is, is that we've been doing this for 115 years so we know a little bit about what we're doing here
1: for fedex express saver shipments the deadline is tuesday december 20th fedex same day friday december 23rd and with all major carriers the closer to december 25th the more expensive expedited delivery options will be
0: the national film registry of the library congress opens its doors to 25 more big screen classics Among the films honored this year are Superfly, Carrie, Hairspray, The Little Mermaid, When Harry Met Sally, and Tongues Untied. Officials say these films and the the ones chosen over the previous decades are picked for their, quote, cultural, historic, or aesthetic importance to preserve the nation's film heritage. And the sequel to movie box office champion Avatar arrives in theaters this week as cinemas try to recover from the pandemic and draw people away from streaming at home. Fiona Jones reports.
4: The sequel to box office champion Avatar arrives in theaters this week, 13 years after the first film. It comes as cinemas try to recover from the global health crisis and draw people away from home streaming. Hollywood's big question about Avatar: The Way of Water is whether the follow-up to the highest-grossing movie can attract enough moviegoers to recoup its massive production and marketing costs. Director James Cameron admits he is not sure.
2: So, can we be profitable in a changed market or are we just the last dinosaur, you know, dying after the comet hit? Couldn't tell you that right now. You know, we'll we'll know in a few weeks, I guess.
4: Disney has not disclosed the budget for The Way of Water, but The Hollywood Reporter said production alone cost more than $350 million, putting it among the most expensive films in history. Studios split ticket sales with theatres, and Cameron told GQ magazine that The Way of Water will need to make $2 billion just to break even. The original Avatar remains the highest-grossing film in history, with $2.9 billion in global ticket sales. But the lengthy interlude prompted questions about whether moviegoers would have any interest in seeing the story continue. That was a very legitimate
2: concern. I didn't feel that instinctively, but it was always a possibility. Then we dropped our first teaser trailer in May and it had 148 million views in 24 hours.
0: I'm not worried about it anymore.
4: Cameron has already filmed a third Avatar installment and part of a fourth.
0: Now, get this. Apparently, the Grinch won't be stealing Christmas this year. Instead, he's going to be spending the holiday season at a Minnesota jail. The Anoka County Sheriff's Department shared these photos on social media of the Grinch's arrest. The sheriff says for far too long, the well-known menace to the holiday season has disguised himself as Santa, broken into homes, and stolen everything. The Grinch now faces charges of identity theft and burglary. The sheriff says having the Grinch behind bars will ensure all families have a wonderful time of the year. He hopes the Grinch takes the time to reflect and let his heart grow and embrace the Christmas spirit. And that's all the stories we have today from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. You can follow me on Twitter, too. And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at NTD.com. That's all for today. Thank you for watching. See you tomorrow.